Welcome to the Trailer Cast with Elise Snipes. Each week, I will be sharing with you from inside my vintage trailer where I work as a therapist and share some of my musings on the human experience. I am endlessly fascinated and inspired by people. I love being a therapist and I'm deeply grateful for the intimate and beautiful work I get to do. I believe we are wildly capable of healing and making this world a better place, and this is my attempt at doing that. Sharing beauty to invoke beauty. May you find yourself inside these stories and ponderings and be better for it. Cheers. Hey, party people. Okay, I am excited to be talking with you today about change, about like metamorphosis and transition. So for my birthday this year, I wanted something to change and something permanent. And I'm going to tell you that I have like the sweetest, most like wonderful saint of a husband who will indulge me in these things. So the gift change was some new flooring upstairs in our house. And I'm telling you, it was time. After three kids on that carpet, I am telling you, like we, it was, it was time. Trust me. <laughs> um, the tile had been there since the 80s. No offense to my like talented father-in-law who put the floors in, but we needed something new. So this weekend was all about demolition, sledgehammering, tiles, tearing up carpet, and I like. I love this part. I'm a total sucker for it. I want to get my hands in there too. I want to make a mess. I want to destroy something. There is something super cathartic about getting to like take a sledgehammer to your own kitchen tiles. <laughs> um, not to mention, it was a bit ironic, right? Like I have been cleaning these tile floors for almost 10 years now, caring for them, scrubbing them, sealing them, sweeping them endlessly. And then this weekend, instead of preserving them, we got to like obliterate them. I don't know, it was rad. The idea of opposites, like meeting and our flooring. I liked it. And the demo is good. You know, I, I don't know. I like the chaos of it, the stripping it all down to the bones, uncovering what's underneath. And I should probably tell you a little bit about my house too, to give you some context. My husband's parents bought this home in the 1970s. And it's a house that he came home from the hospital to. It's the only house he's ever lived in, okay? I hope you are drawing all the conclusions about my husband and his Enneagram number and his personality and everything because you're probably right. <laughs> Jesse is stable, steady, routined. He's efficient, orderly, clean, linear, <laughs> reliable, responsible. He is a nine wing one, Okay. So his parents bought this house. They lived in it as a duplex while they were making their family. My father-in-law, the original like MacGyver, he used to work in carpentry and taught my husband how to make all the things and they would work on this house. They'd add a wall here, move the stairs over there, build a deck. They're constantly like rearranging the layout of the house, okay? So as we have done a similar process, like pulling out old stuff, and there is, like, in this 30-year-old drywall, like, coloring from my husband's childhood. So his parents, like, let them color on the house um, before they covered it up with building materials. And it is incredible to see, like, the hidden legacy inside some obvious legacy. And so Jesse's mom has these just incredible ideas. And so she would dream up, like, a new layout for the house or, or something that she wanted to have done. Um, usually timed perfectly with hosting her Bunko crew. And so they would get to work. 
and this house has had more arrangements than any house I've ever heard of. Bedroom walls going up and down. Um, I don't know, just things where I'm like, wow, that's, I had no idea that you can do all these things inside one house. So a few years before we got married, Jesse's parents moved down the street and Jesse stayed at this house, shocker, with a bunch of bachelors. But when we got married, we made the house back to a duplex and then we lived here with other couples. Sometimes we lived upstairs, sometimes downstairs, kind of depending on what we each needed. Um, those were the absolute best times. We had our friends actually got married a year after we did on the same day. And so they moved in with us and it was everything. Uh, we had our first baby in this house, still lived in the house as a duplex. Our second baby, um, who I'm also going to denote, while he is like the coolest kid now, was the worst baby on earth. The, he was the worst. <laughs> so, so much colic, so much crying. I had so much postpartum. It was a miracle we made it through. So anyways, this this baby was living in a tent in our living room. And so then we knew it was time to take the whole house back over. And that's a story for another time. So we started knocking down walls and creating our own blank slate with our family. So our house on Zarzito Drive has always been in this constant state of flux. And there are times where Jesse will have an idea like, okay, why don't we do this? And it's like, oh yeah, let's do that. Okay. And then times I'm like, hey, why don't, what if we just took down that wall? What would that be like? Um, so we kind of have this like back and forth way that we like to try to like compose our house. And I like that it's constantly evolving. Um, it feels like we're in something that's like living along with us. So our current project is the floors right now. And my house is an absolute like giant mess because of this project. <laughs> there's dust everywhere, exposed nails. There's no floors. They're just like plywood on the ground. <laughs> um, and I sat in there this weekend. Like, I just like sat on the floor in the, in the middle of all of like the wreckage. And I just took it in. I was thinking about it, thinking about the process. Um, the stories that the floors have held thinking about the idea of like unearthing. It's not pretty, right? It's exposing. I noticed like sometimes one thing leads to another, you know, like we found dry rot. So now we need a new subfloor. Well, since we're over here, we might as well tear the fireplace out as well. Or um, just how, how it was all connected in this phase. Like there's, this is like where we really need to make sure we do the work well. Um, because eventually like, we're going to cover up this, all this stuff with pretty materials, but we really need to take care of like the under parts. Um, cause we'll know later, like you, you know, later when something isn't right or when something isn't square or when you have creaky floorboards forever. <laughs> so I don't know if you're already hearing the metaphor or if you know where I'm about to go with this, but I, I want you to think about the idea of deconstruction as a phase similar to what takes place in the work of therapy right? You know, it's like this, it's an uncovering. Sometimes it's a hammering through old stuff to see what's below. It's cathartic to pull up the floors and take down the drywall and see what was there. And there's times where we have to like take it down to the studs and look at the foundation and understand what the structure of your life was built on. You know, what things were you absorbing from your surroundings or the voices around you that you subconsciously built your internal framework with? And I think sometimes therapists or therapy, whatever, catches like a lot of flack for this, like digging into the past and stirring up old stuff. And that's okay. Like 
I know that this work is important, even if it feels like um, cliche or overkill sometimes. Because if there is something faulty in the early stages of our lives, that it has thrown off the rest of the buildings, throwing off the rest of the home. One sneaky core belief, one memory you cannot undo, one broken relationship, a death, something like you ma- that made your worldview shift in such a way that everything else you built on doesn't quite sit right. So no matter how many like shiny new coats of paint you slap on, there's that hollow nagging sense that what you are feeling is bigger than what is happening right in front of you. This is one of the things I think that I see the most in therapy, why people reach out for the first time is they feel like they're either over-responding or under-responding to their own life, like over-responding to their kids, under-responding to their husband, feeling like they're living out of a partial sense of self, owning it in business and killing it out there when it has and have no idea of personal identity or feeling super triggered by things like, gosh, I feel, I feel so incredibly alone and it feels primal, it feels ancient, it feels bigger than the experience I'm having right now. And when that's the case, when we feel like it's like bigger than what the actual like primary event calls for, then it's probably tied to something that is historic, right? So some of some examples of this, like this is maybe even from this week, is the people I'm working with and some of the, their feelings, including like this nagging sense of fear of being found out or exposed, over-responding to anger and not really knowing why because the offense wasn't as big as the response. People having difficulty experiencing intimacy in their relationships when there's nothing like technically wrong, but you just can't open up. That feeling of perpetual loneliness, feeling misunderstood, like you don't have a place to fit into. Things not turning out the way you expected, marriage or motherhood or family, and that somehow all of that confirms something about you that you always feared would be true. See, these things, these primary feelings are directly related to what is underneath. It, like to the first experience of these feelings, to when you formed your core beliefs. So if we only focus on the right now stuff, I think what happens is people chase their tails, chasing fads, chasing the latest like personal growth idea, chasing books, chasing famous people, whatever, treating something, um, only looking at right now without ever pulling up the floor. And I think it's a giant miss. Um, the process of deconstruction can be crucial. It does not mean like in the Freudian sense that like everybody has some like giant iceberg of it and that we're going to like recreate false memories. It's not that. You know when you have stuff that is right now that is connected to a, another time and that it feels connected. Okay. So the other thing I think that happens is in one of the like most, um, the thing I get feedback on the most of why people don't come to therapy or what happens when they show up and they're terrified is they, they're afraid that like everything's going to fall apart or disintegrate, that everything's going to crumble. And I, I, or like, what was the other thing? Someone said, okay, what if I cry and I just can't stop? Or what if I like slip in this dark abyss and I can't pull myself out? But I, what I want people to remember is that the deconstructive process, while it's large and vulnerable, it will not destroy you. You will not cry forever. There is not quicksand or a black hole you're going to get lost in. That's why you have a therapist to help guide you through so you're not alone. You know, Because the reality is you've already lived the hardest and worst, right? You have. You've already done it. And so when we go back, we go back with like power and flashlights and some strength and 
another person. So you just don't go through it alone again in the way that you fear you might. Deconstruction and therapy allows us to put things right and to put some ancient stuff back in a place that the right now stuff heals too. And I also think that it's just one phase, right? And I think people stop after this phase, typically. Like, after they unearth their broken stuff or after they, like, lift up and see what was going on, sometimes people bail out of this process and they don't get to take the whole thing through all the way to reconstruction. So just like what we're doing at our home right now, there is deconstruction and then a reconstruction. And so when we think about the work of healing, we don't leave you, like, a wreck half done And we want to take you all the way to like finished product, to that feeling of like walking out and just owning it, putting things back up the way they were intended, replacing things if we need to, applying a fresh coat of paint, right? Basically being able to shift some core beliefs with more functional statements, buoying your self-concept and internal framework. We want to shift your worldview and your understanding of how you fit into the bigger picture, make your life livable again, a place you enjoy being in giving you a sense of home within yourself. And so here's the like the thing. I cannot stress enough that while the work of therapy can be hard work, it does not have to feel dark, oppressive, or terrifying. The work can be light, restorative, hopeful, tender, connected. If you have suffered, then the healing should feel like relief. Like finally laying your head on the pillow. So I want you to know it only gets better. You get to claim your power back. You get to find your voice and use it well. You get to find you in the best and most beautiful way. That is why I love what I get to do. Okay, and people always ask when they find out what I do, like, wow, how do you do that? Like, how do you handle all that dark stuff? And I'm like, that easy, because that's just one part of the process. Easy. I'll go in there. We'll go into the darkest parts. That's fine, because there is always light. And we know that light drives out darkness, always. So, dear listener, whatever your darkness has been, consider opening yourself to the work of deconstruction so you can create the life you have always wanted. It is not too late. Change is not only for us once upon a time. And I want want to say one last thing on this. There is this hour by hour approach to the idea of metamorphosis. And it is good and hard and people show up weekly to do this. But it can feel slow. Sometimes the work of therapy feels slow because it's once a week, maybe twice a week. And we only have so much time and then you have to go back to your regular life. So if you are listening and you're like, I want, I can't commit to therapy or two don't have time for that or whatever, know that and you want to like work on these concepts, that that's what the weekend retreats I offer are for. It's why I created them. Instead of chipping away at some of these big things little by little, we get to do a lot of work and move this process, the whole project forward to completion. So I'm that yeah, that's what I'm gonna say about it. Check it out on my website at elisesnipes.com backslash weekends. I would love to have you join me for a weekend so you can experience this yourself. Let 2019 be your year to take care of you. Um, Don't hesitate to ask me questions if you're on the fence. I know that weekends are worth it. I'm watching people go through this process 
and of change and metaphor metamorphosis in a way that even I underestimated the power of what these weekends were going to be. So I'd love to have you there. Okay. The process of deconstruction to, to reconstruction is, is another way for us to formulate and understand the idea of the theory of change that and I mentioned this a little bit on my Instagram as well, that we go from object to no object to new object or construction, deconstruction, reconstruction. And when we look at, at that process, um, we want to make sure that we are looking at, at walking this all the way through. So wherever you find yourself in the process of change, know that even if it looks like a giant mess or a construction site, you're just in one phase. Like it's just not done yet. Like if you feel decimated or you feel like it's just a giant wasteland, okay, own it. Sit in the middle of your floor and look around at everything. There will be a time of reconstruction, but you cannot sit on that floor forever. Like there is an element that you also need to stand up and say, what, well, what am I going to do about this right now? When things get taken apart, torn apart, whether it's your own doing, whether you are deconstructing something on purpose or whether something is being deconstructed for you, Sometimes things happen that are not because we choose their deconstruction. Sometimes a marriage falls apart. Sometimes a child gets terminally ill. Sometimes accidents happen and bad things happen to good people. Cliche, cliche, cliche. But when that happens, you better believe that things are going to get deconstructed and, and just tossed around in your life. And when that happens, what do you do? Sometimes people want to revert back to like just familiar old safe things. Or sometimes they want to cover it up and pretend like nothing's happening here. But ultimately, we want to see you through this all the way forward to reconstruction, where the foundation of, of your life, what you have built things on, is more sure, more true, and more sturdy than ever. Okay? Wherever you are in your process of change, I want you to consider taking it all the way through to the full process of like, conception of finished product. So to wrap it up, I'm going to tell you about the other present I asked for. It was one that was change, <laughs> and this one was the one that was permanent. So I got a tattoo this Friday night of a butterfly on the back of my right arm, and I want to read to you the meaning behind it. This is what reconstruction feels like. A symbol of metamorphosis and transformation a symbol of life, letting go of old cycles, and finding your true inner expression. The butterfly calls you to expand your awareness, spread your wings, and call forth your inner joy. Let go of limitations and free yourself to express your own beauty within. It is the time of spiritual transitions, symbolic of moving from one phase of life to the next, reaching higher, reaching outward, leaving the safety of the cocoon and finding your own place among the flowers of life, allowing the wind to carry you forward to your goals and dreams, a time of self-discovery and rebirth. The butterfly shows you the beauty within. So that's what I got this last weekend. And that's what we have for you too, is the idea that this is what is on the other side. This is what the the final product of metamorphosis looks like is the ability to kind of fly away, the ability to, to soar over all that stuff where things feel light, fluttering, 
this is what I want you to get a chance to move into, that there is something on the other side of what you have experienced. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. If you are interested in beginning your own work in therapy or coaching, you can go to www.elisesnipes.com. Follow me on Instagram at Elise Snipes Collective, where I will be sharing more with you throughout the week. You can get in touch with me to suggest a topic for the show or to ask a question from your own life you would like to have answered. Or just say hi by emailing me at elise at elisesnipes.com. Remember to subscribe on iTunes and tell your friends.